Pastors Michael and Brenda Brunzo welcome you and thank you for listening to the following message. This message was recorded during a regular service at Faith Fellowship Church. The Bible tells us in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we believe this message will encourage and strengthen you in your daily walk of faith. God bless you as you listen. You are the people you surround yourself with. You are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. If your friends don't motivate and inspire you, you're choosing the wrong ones. But if you're choosing the right kind of friends, a friend is someone that overlooks your broken fence and admires the flowers in your garden. A good friend's like a four-leaf clover, hard to find, lucky to have. Friendship is when people know all about you, but they still like you. A true friend never gets in your way unless you're going down. Friends are those rare people who ask how we are and then wait for an answer. A real friend knows the song in your heart and sings it to you when you forget the words. True friend is one who walks in when the rest of the world walks out. A friend can tell you things that you don't want to tell yourself. I believe the Word of God says that the wounds of a friend are faithful. A friend doesn't care to hurt your feelings because they love you. A friend is somebody that you can call at 4 a.m. We've all heard the saying, love is blind. Friendship chooses to close its eyes. One loyal friend is worth 10,000 relatives. Anybody know who Shel Silverstein is? You ever heard of the book, The Giving Tree? He's the author of that. He was also a songwriter and he wrote other books. But he said this. He said, how many slams in an old screen door? Depends on how loud you shut it. How many slices in a loaf of bread? It depends on how thin you cut it. How much good inside a day? Depends on how good you live them. And how much love inside a friend? It all depends on how much you give them. My favorite movie is It's a Wonderful Life. And at the end of the movie, everybody who's ever seen it knows, you know, everybody's coming in and giving the money and everything. And there's a book laying in there that Clarence the Angel's been carrying around through the whole thing and George picks it up and he opens it and he reads the inscription on the inside of the book from Clarence that says, remember, no man is a failure who has friends. So I want to talk about friends for a little while tonight. Proverbs 
27 and 9 said, A sweet friendship refreshes the soul. A sweet friendship refreshes the soul. So like I said, I want to talk about friends tonight. If you've got your Bibles with you, you can turn to Luke chapter 5. That's where we're going to be doing the most of our reading. But I want to read you a couple of verses in Mark chapter 2 first. This is a New King James Version. It says, And he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door, and he preached the word to them. Then over there in Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 17. And this is New King James Version also. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judah, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to them, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you or to say rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed. I say unto you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God and were filled with fear saying, we've seen strange things today. You know, Luke and the other gospels give us details of what this scene looks like. You know, Jesus had just come off the boat. He was coming back home. This was a place where we've seen many miracles. You know, Jesus did a lot of things around Capernaum. And, and so as he came to a house, people gathered round because they had probably heard that, hey, Jesus is coming to town. Hey, I heard Jesus is getting off the boat. This is the place that he's going to. I think we ought to go down there and see what's going on. You know, he'd been healing, he'd been doing miracles, he'd been, he'd been doing all kinds of stuff. We need to go check this out. You know, just before this, he had healed the lepers. Right before this, he had caused them to have a miraculous catch. So the people gathered around. Some came to be healed, but others came to listen to see what was going on, and still others came just to judge. You know, on the front row, row were the uh, religious leaders. They made sure they got there early. Hey, Jesus is coming. We just read in that scripture they came from everywhere. 
They came from Jerusalem and Judea and Capernaum. They, they came from everywhere, all the towns. They came to see what Jesus was doing. Verse 17, we'll read that again. It says, Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then behold, men brought on a bed a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let down let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. There was a lot of determination to get this man to Jesus. The Bible doesn't tell us why these men had so much faith. It doesn't tell us why they had so much determination to get him into the presence of Jesus so that he could be healed. We're not told about their experience in any way. I just believe it could be one of a few things. Maybe they were healed themselves by Jesus. Maybe one of them was the man by the pool in Bethesda. You know, the guy that had been laying there for 80, 38 years and he couldn't move and, and Jesus passed by and he said, why don't you, don't you want to be healed? And the man told him, said, you know, Lord, whenever the angel comes by to trouble the waters, as I'm going, somebody steps in the water before me. I don't have anybody to help me in. Yeah, I want to be healed, but I can't get there. I don't have anybody to help me get there. I want to be healed, but I can't. I don't have anybody to get me in the water. Jesus looked at him and said, Rise. Take up your bed and walk. You know what happened? He did. Maybe one of them was blind Bartimaeus. You've heard the story about blind Bartimaeus. He's sitting by the wayside and he hears that Jesus is passing by and he starts to cry out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And the people in the crowd tell him, be quiet, the Lord's passing by. That's the wrong thing to do is tell somebody to be quiet when they want something. Jesus, thou son of David. Have mercy on me. Hey, Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I'm over here. Have mercy on me. He caught the master's ear. And when he caught the master's ear, Jesus said, bring him over here. You know what happened with blind Bartimaeus? He had been sitting there on the side of the road in his... Blind beggar clothes. You know, he was a beggar. He was blind. He had to wear a special cloak to let everybody know that he was blind and he was a beggar and it was okay to give him money. He wasn't just somebody standing on the side of the road with a cardboard sign trying to get you. So 
So when Jesus said, tell him to come over here, Bartimaeus got up, and the first thing he did was when he stood up, he took his cloak off. And he laid it aside. He laid the thing that had defined him for his entire life. He had been blind since birth. And he took that thing off that had defined him and told everybody what he was. And laid it to the side and went to see Jesus. And Jesus asked him, said, what do you want? He said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus had already seen him lay off the thing that defined him. He told him, I will. It's done. Your faith made you whole. He had the faith to cast aside that thing that had defined him all his life. One of them could have been the man that was in the temple with the unclean spirit. You know, Jesus was in the temple and he was teaching and... and the demons in the man began to cry out, let us alone. I know who you are. You're the Holy One from God. Let us alone. Don't be bothering us. Jesus rebuked him. Commanded the demons to come out. He was set free that day. Maybe one of those friends could have been him. Then again, maybe that fourth man. Maybe he might have been the demonic from Gadara. Who's that? Remember when Jesus pulled up? When he told his disciples, hey, let's go over to the other side. I believe I'm getting my story right. Let's go over to the other side. And there was a storm and everything else. But when they get to the other side, Jesus steps out of the boat and this man comes running up to him. As soon as he gets out of the boat, Jesus had done been teaching on the other side to all these thousands of people on the other side and he decides to go to the Gadara and, and when he pulls up the first thing he has to deal with is some nut full of demons that's usually the way it works whenever you're tired something comes along to try you But he pulls up and gets out of the boat. Then the madman appears, comes and falls before Jesus. The demons begin to cry out, you know, please don't torment me. Jesus asks the name and they say, our name is Legion for we're many. Then they start pleading with Jesus. Don't send us out to roam around. Let us go in those pigs over there. And so Jesus permitted it. The pigs ran down the cliff into the sea and drowned themselves. The man was clothed in his right mind. And it said that people were astonished because they found him clothed and in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. 
So you see, when God heals you, when God delivers you, you want to make sure that everybody knows about Jesus. You want to be sure that everybody knows that there's hope. And so maybe they were these people. Then again, maybe not. The Bible doesn't tell us. But maybe they were just his friends and they cared about him. And they were sick and tired of seeing him. Sick and tired. And they've heard, if we can get him to Jesus. If we can get him to where Jesus can touch him, I know that God will make a difference in him. Maybe they knew the woman with the issue of blood who pressed through the crowd and got to Jesus and touched the hem of his garment. If we can just get him to Jesus. Maybe they just heard what Jesus had done and they were determined to get him there. If nothing else, if we can get him in his presence, maybe God will heal him. but they were willing to overcome all the obstacles that came their way to get him there. First thing, he's crippled. Well, they do. They put him on a bed, and one on each corner, let's pack him there. We'll get him there. But when they get there, then the crowd is so great that they can't even get to the door of the place. Well, we can't get him inside. You know, that, that big crowd is a hindrance. We can't we can't get inside. Then somebody says, the roof. We go up on the roof. There's not anybody up on the roof because you can't see Jesus from the roof. Everybody's crowded around the house and trying to see in the windows and in the doors and trying to push around to see where everything is. You can get to the roof. So they get up on the roof and they tear a hole in the roof and they lower him down. They were willing to overcome the hindrances. Well, what were the hindrances? The people, the crowd was a hindrance. The house was a hindrance. Because you couldn't get to the doors, you had to go up on the roof and get him down through there. 1 Corinthians 8 and chapter 8 verse 9 says this, Beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak. We're talking about being a friend tonight. You know, we've got to be careful that what we do doesn't become a hindrance to somebody else. The way we act, the way we carry ourselves, the way we do things. We need to learn to be a friend. We need to learn to prefer a brother or a sister over ourselves. Do I really need the best parking place? Maybe there's somebody that can't walk as well as I and they need a closer parking space. Maybe somebody else needs a better seat. I've been in churches before where you go in and you sit in the wrong place. 
Excuse me, you're in my seat. I don't see a reserve sign on it. Well, I have, you know, I've been in the way for 40 years. That's your problem, you're in the way. Maybe we don't need the best seat. Maybe somebody else needs to be a little closer. Too often we're looking for our own convenience. We're looking out for what's good for us instead of what might be good for our brother or our sister that we're coming in contact with and that we're getting the opportunity to minister to and be a witness to. So they go up and they tear a hole in the roof and they lower this man down. And then verse 20 says, when he saw their faith, didn't have anything to do with the man that had been paralyzed all his life. The Word of God says, when Jesus saw their faith, whose faith? The four men that ripped the roof off of the place and let the man down with a rope to where they could, that he could get to Jesus, said, when he saw their faith, he said to him, man, your sins are forgiven you. You know, sometimes you can't get it for yourself. And you better have some friends that you can tag out with that can touch the throne of God for you. Better have some friends that's been touched by the master to carry you through those times. And look at where Jesus starts with this. When he saw their faith, he looks at the man and he tells him, man, your sins are forgiven you. He began with the man's spiritual condition. You might need healing. You might be asking God to, to heal you, but you know what? You need to get your heart right. Call me back later. You need to get your heart right. You know, if we'll get our heart right, healing will come. Amen. You know, there's a lot of people that they have need or jailhouse religion. You know what that is? They have a need, they get religion. They get locked up, they get religion. You know, when they need God, they get all spiritual and they get all churchy and they get all holy. But then when God answers their prayer, when he meets their need, see you later, God. They forget all about him. Isaiah 1.18 says this. The Lord says to Israel, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Amen. You know, God desires to, to cleanse us of, of all our sins. We can't do it ourselves. I can't cleanse myself of my sins. Only God can forgive the sins. 
Psalms 32, 1 and 2 says, Blessed is he whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man whose sins the Lord does not count against him. Man, whenever we get washed in the blood of Jesus, whenever he takes away our sins, we're blessed. And when he does that, everything that we need comes. Healing's available. Peace is available. But then in verse 21 it says, And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? The scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders, They had religion but no relationship. A whole lot of people like that in the world today. They got religion but they don't have a relationship with God. The scribes and the Pharisees were there and they weren't there listening to Jesus healing and life changing words. They were listening trying to find fault. Just think about it. They had seen all kinds of people healed and God doing miraculous work in, the, in their midst and yet they're focused on whether he had their theology right or not. It was like the disciples. One day they came to Jesus and said, we saw these people and they were, the, this guy, he was casting out demons in your name and we told him to stop because he's not with us. We'll read it here in Luke chapter 9, verses 49 and 50. It says, Now John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. And we forbade him because he does not follow with us. But Jesus said to him, Don't forbid him, for he who is not against us is on our side. But they were there and the Pharisees were sitting and they were listening and they were trying to find fault with what Jesus was doing and how he was saying things. And, and so verse 22 says, But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said unto them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins be forgiven you, or to say, Rise up and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed. I say unto you, arise, take your bed, and go to your house. Jesus knew what they were thinking. Whether it was discerning of the spirits or he just knew them. Because, you know, some people are easy to figure out. But miracles are signs that follow believers. Mark 16, verses 15 through 18 says, And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons, they will speak with new tongues, and they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they'll recover. Jesus is telling his disciples, y'all go do this. Then in verse 25 of the fifth chapter of Luke, it says, Immediately he rose up before them, 
took up what he had been lying on and departed to his own house, glorifying God. He immediately got up. He didn't lay there to think about it. He got up. Jesus told him, you're healed. Take up your bed. Go home. The people that you've been living with all this time need to see that you're healed. Go home. The people that you're living with need to see that you've been changed by the touch that you got from God. Go home. Verse 26 says, And they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, We've seen strange things today. You know, you're going to see some strange things when the power of God gets to moving. You want to see a crowd in a church? Get the Spirit of God moving. Let people start talking. You know what people like to do? They like to go watch a house burn. Think online, let somebody find out, hey, there's a house on fire down the street. People are going to be out in the yard looking. See how close we can get. Same way in the church, when the church house gets on fire. When the body of Christ gets on fire, people are going to come to see what's going on, to see what's happening, and some of that fire is going to get on them, and they're going to leave changed, and they're going to tell somebody, and then the next one is going to come, and then that's going to happen. There was two results of the miracle. Number one, they glorified God. They praised God for what he had done. And that's important because there are times in the scripture where people didn't praise God. We talked at the beginning about Jesus had just healed the lepers. There were ten of them that came. Only one came back and glorified God. And the second thing is they were filled with fear. See, when things happen, it can cause you to fear. When you see the power of God work, you begin to have that holy, reverential fear of God, you're going to change. That's what Isaiah ran into. Pastor preached on it. He saw high, God high and lifted up, and his glory filled the temple. He saw the seraphims praise the Lord with the words, holy, holy, holy. And he knew he had to change, and he yelled out, woe is me, I'm a man that's undone, I'm a man of unclean lips. He saw, a different, he, he, he saw the glory of God, he saw the power of God, and he knew that he had to make a change. And when God moves on you, you'll make a change. And when you make that change, will you be willing to be like one of those four men? One of the four friends of the paralyzed man. Would you be people that would say, I got to intercede for that person. I got to pray for him. I believe God can heal him. I'm going to do everything that I can to get them to Jesus.
friends. You got to have friends. And I'll be honest with you, I'm one of the world's worst. I was sitting and I was talking to my wife about what I was preaching today, tonight. And she said, are you preaching to us or you? I said, always to me first. Always to me first. And, and, and she said, well, why don't you have any friends? I said I, have a, I, I said, I have a lot of acquaintances. I have a lot of people I know. But I don't get close to people. I don't let myself get close to people. Why not? I've had two really good friends in my life. And they both died. So I quit. There's a common denominator with them too. I said, so I quit. I, I, I said, why do I want to invest myself if they're going to leave? She said, you can't be like that. I, said, I know. The Word of God says if a man is going to have friends, he has to show himself friendly. So I tell you all tonight, I'm going to try and do better. <laughs> so don't be thinking Daryl's gone crazy. <laughs> Even though sometimes I think I have. <laughs> but we got to have friends. We got to be the one that's willing to get somebody and do everything that we can to get them to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. We pray that it's been a blessing to you. For more information about FFC or its ministries, please contact the church office. God bless you, and remember, Jesus is Lord.